The old world is dying, the new world struggles to be born. Now is the time of monsters. With those words from Gramsci, uh, as very roughly paraphrased by Zizek, I welcome you to the Time of Monsters podcast. Now, which is widely available wherever you listen to podcasts and sponsored by The Nation magazine. Now, this week, we're going to take up Fox News, which is a familiar monster to uh, the left, uh, has been around for, you know, um, more than two uh, decades now, uh, almost three decades, and is a, a powerful force on the American scene, obviously, you know, the major network of the right and has all sorts of, you know, sins uh, that it will have to answer to on the Day of Judgment in terms of, uh, you know, promoting um uh, uh, many uh, uh, disgusting lies, um, but it turns out that you know um, life can surprise you, and y- you might think the worst possible things about Rupert Murdoch and his minions uh, like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, and think that you know they're totally despicable. But then along comes evidence that shows that actually. They're actually worse than you thought. <laughs> These are not, uh, not only are they propagandists, uh, but they're actually also craven propagandists who will not only, you know, spread things that they believe, but which are not true, but actually like spread things that they know aren't true and not out of any conviction, but simply out of fear. Um, and I think this is the great revelation that's come out of the uh, lawsuit. Uh, between uh, Dominion and Fox, uh, the, the, the um, uh, voting machine company that was uh, um, is widely mythologized on the right as being the you know the, the culprit behind the stolen election of 2020. Um, so I, I'm very happy to have my uh, nation colleague Chris Lehman here uh, to talk about uh, Fox News and um, where uh, uh, what we've learned uh, new about it through the uh, uh, lawsuit and the um, uh, the filings that have been made. So uh, Chris, maybe just like, this is a very factual newsy thing. Like, like what what is the news of these filings? Uh, yeah, these filings emerge as part of a um, um, claim from Dominion seeking um, um, summary judgment in its defamation case against Fox News. Dominion is alleging what seems obvious that they were, um, defamed by Fox's coverage uh, in the wake of the 2020 election, that Fox acted with uh, deliberate malice and in spite of um, what they knew to be true uh, to malign the company's reputation. It's rare in uh, defamation cases that, you know, summary judgment um, is granted. It's, you know, these are important and um often nuanced kind of questions to weigh of like what constitutes malice what is reckless disregard of the truth but if you read the underlying document um there is malice and reckless disregard everywhere you turn um it's quite revealing you see all these real-time communications among fox on-air talent and fox senior executives uh you know what basically happened uh was um after the election um, um, was officially called for Biden and Fox called it, I think, November 7th, uh, four days after the balloting, um, there was this mass migration of Fox viewers over uh, to Newsmax, which cheerfully kind of trafficked in any kind of 
outlandish Trump concocted lie about the election. And, you know, there was this uh, tremendous uh, plunge in Fox viewership and a corresponding rise in Newsmax viewership. And this um, concentrated the minds of Fox talent wonderfully, to quote Samuel Johnson, uh, about the prospect of hanging. They were, um, you know, livid. And, you know, in, in one exchange with uh, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson actually calls um, for a um, correspondent for Fox to be fired for the act of fact-checking a false Donald Trump claim about the election and saying, you know, you know, the sort of clincher in this exchange from Tucker's point of view is our stock price is falling. This is not a joke. Um, so there you, you know, every kind of vulgar Marxist <laughs> assumption one might make about how news is organi organized, news coverage is organized in America is kind of confirmed in that banal um, text exchange. Um, so, yeah, what you learn are a couple of things. One is, you know, Fox is not motivated by, you know, the kind of, you know, ideal type model of journalistic coverage, which is to tell the truth without fear or favor. Um, they are telling lies with fear and favor. <laughs> so um, that's one thing. I, I think the next level thing is, you know, um, again, in the ideal vision of journalism as something that serves the public interest, on-air personalities should not give should not care <laughs> about uh, the stock performance of the company. In fact, you know, it's kind of your obligation to um, tell the truth as you see it in spite of those economic pressures, right? So, um, and then finally, you know, as you read on in, in this underlying document, which I recommend everyone do, it's, it's, it's long, it's about 200 pages, but it is really revealing. Um, uh, they use... Uh, they constant talk, constantly talk about, um, you know, the threat to the Fox brand. Um, and this is the urgent threat by Newsmax. But more broadly, the threat to the brand is that they'll somehow do actual reporting and undermine their own, the, the Republican base's chosen narrative, which, you know, the Fox viewership had been fed all during the Trump years, this kind of heroic strongman narrative about Trump. And now they had to absorb the fact that, you know, their strongman had failed, that this was a one-term president like Jimmy Carter. That was just not, you know, that did not play in to either the preference of the conservative base or the Fox brand. So, um, and then there's this hilarious euphemism they also use about uh, making sure our, our coverage is, quote, respectful of uh, the, the, you know, ideal type Fox viewer, which is, you know, again, a euphemism for saying that we have to lie in this situation. <laughs> and, you know, it is not, if you think of, you know, if you, um, again, sort of follow the ideals of journalism, um, you know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to wantonly insult the viewer, but you're, you know, the business of journalism is frequently to tell people things they do not want to hear. <laughs> you know, um, most people would prefer to live their lives without knowing about, you know, rampant corruption in high quarters or, you know, deregulation that creates something like the East Palestine train disaster or, you know, um, you know, influence bought and paid for by the billionaire class. But 
those are the facts of of our public life. They should and must be reported if we are to sustain a healthy democracy. So, you know, taken together, you know, as I wrote in my initial column, this this you know trove of documentary evidence proves that Fox is not a news organization. Um, they are an agitprop organization, um, and they're com- you know they're competing with even more reckless and uh, defamatory <laughs> forces on the right. So they just there was this race to the bottom. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think that that's the um, uh, the sort of conclusion one is sort of you know uh, forced to take, and it's uh, I, I think a, you know a lot of people listeners to this podcast will have been suspicious of Fox all along, but it has to be said that you know this trove of documents really documents this you know like at great length, and and I mean Dominion is facing a very high burden because um, quite properly I think American libel laws are you know like that they're very difficult to actually yeah. find level because you actually have to prove uh not just that something is untrue but that it was like maliciously made and made by someone who knew that it was untrue and that's like very hard and it's it's good that you know I, I think that uh libel laws are like that but i mean dominion it's, it's a rare circumstance where you can actually you know, demonstrate. Uh, yeah, no, like I said, there I, I'm not aware of any summary judgments in um, mm-hmm. at least high-profile uh, defamation cases. And I think their case is quite strong based on what I've read, at least. And um, yeah, I was also thinking someone should do like a clip reel of all the, you know, uh, strongman political leaders like Trump and DeSantis who have called for loosening libel laws <laughs> like in the wake yeah. of this. It that that I believe is what's known as being hoisted by one's own petard. If this verdict doesn't go Fox's way, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think the further thing, though, is I mean, from so from our point of view, it shows um, you know like what the, the not just the dishonesty, but also the craven nature of Fox and yeah. the way in which it's driven uh, by a real fear of its audience, which I think is um, perhaps worth noting. I think the. Rever- there's another way to look at it from, from another perspective, which is from the perspective of Trump and those who want him to be reelected, which is that like this actually shows that, you know, Fox is afraid of us and Fox is afraid of our supporters and they need our supporters and that we could uh, make them cower and do our bidding. And I over the weekend, we saw a little bit of a drama at CPAC. Um, which is usually sponsored by Fox, and they did not give their sponsorship this year. And it's a very much a diminished CPAC. Um, they've had uh, problems as well because of uh, the head of the um, uh, uh, the, the delightfully named uh, Matt Schlapp uh, was uh, uh, accused of very serious schlapping. Uh, uh, and uh, the, um, uh, you know, uh, so, so CPAC is diminished. But a very interesting drama happened, which is that Fox in the last few months, has been trying to keep Trump away from their the the radio uh, from their uh, um, the airwaves and from their uh, viewers, and you know hasn't had him on as much, and uh, often doesn't air his speeches. And Steve Bannon um, used uh, this lawsuit and these documents to right. say, like, look, you know, this shows that Rupert Murdoch doesn't like Trump. And that they're very unfair to Trump, and that they, you know they have to show Trump, you know, like that's um, and basically using the fear, you know, right. that was documented uh, as a cudgel 
Um, and I don't know if it's exactly causal, but it is the case that Fox News aired Trump's uh, keynote address to CPAC um, at um, at some length, uh, which is not something that uh, they have normally done in recent months. Uh, so I, I think that one could look at the drama over the weekend and see that, you know, like just as they caved in last uh, November, they are willing to cave in again. And I think this dynamic will play itself out into the future, whether on behalf of Trump or some other, you know, um, uh, right-wing candidate who is like putting forward lies or is um, being demagogic, you know, we know that Fox will not fact check them because uh, they're afraid of the base. Uh, right. So do you think that's like one of the kind of dynamics coming out of this? Yeah, no, and I think it's important to um, mark the immediate um, context prior to all this you know, the freak out after uh, November 7th in Fox News, which was on election night, Fox correctly called the Arizona race uh, first. Um, and that was when the sort of great migration of over to Newsmax started. Um, so, you know, even at the um, early stages of this um, colorful episode, <laughs> um, you, you have like a moment where journalism happened and already the the fox suits are clamping down and saying oh we you know they were unbelievably outraged at the political desk uh, for making that call when it did even though you know it was ironclad it, and if you remember back to uh obama's um i think it was the first obama election um carl rove was in the studio and fox called ohio for obama which gave him the election and Carl Rove simply refused to believe it. And uh, there was this hilarious scene where Megyn Kelly walked Carl Rove back to the numbers crunching room. So there's, uh, you know, this longstanding and it's I mean, to to go a little, you know, more wide angle, um, you know, the whole narrative, the whole reason Fox News exists is because Roger Ailes worked in the Nixon administration, which regarded uh, the existing press as the enemy <laughs> and uh and, you know, Fox was founded to uh, institutionalize the Nixon counter narrative that you're, you know, the paradox here is, you know, the the offer from Fox is that you, the, the true believing real American conservative base, are being lied to by the mainstream press. We are the ones who will, you know, tell you the, the unvarnished truth. We report, you decide. These are all the, you know, this is all the corporate lore of the found, founding of Fox News. And, you know, um, in fact, you know, maybe the, the viewers decide, but they sure as hell don't report. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, okay, in some ways, it's the opposite. It's like right. viewers decide and then Fox reports. The viewers Right, exactly. The and Fox will only report what we already know the viewers want to hear. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. We're not reporting. The decision comes first. <laughs> The, yeah, the reporting exactly. afterwards, you you have to come to you know as a yeah. Alice in Wonderland, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. The so, verdict and, first, and uh, the sentence first, and then the verdict. Um, the uh, so I and I I have to say like you know this we report you decide. It's important to emphasize that this narrative took a hold not only in the Fox News audience and the Fox uh, propagandists, but there's a significant segment of centrist opinion. 
that was like, you know, very hostile to any critique of Fox and trying to say like, well, you know, they are a news organization. You have to make, yeah, of course, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity are performers. All right. And you, and you also, right. You had this kind of, you know, which I could never understand, like Brett Baer somehow acquired the reputation of the, you know, let the chips fall where they may real reporter. Mike Wallace sort of occupied that chair earlier before he had enough. And when yeah, yeah Chris Wallace, <laughs> but but you also see in these documents, Brett Baer is just as craven as the rest of them. It's all ideological ad prop top to bottom. Like, you know, if we lived in a same discursive environment, you know, I mean, I think actually I, I was thinking about this uh, recently, the, the best framework, I think, to understand um, the Fox phenomenon is um, this is in one of my former jobs at The Baffler. I published this great essay by Rick Perlstein called The Long Kong about mm -hmm. mail order uh, roots of the modern right and how, uh, you know, the you had all of these, you know, founding barons of the new right, like Richard Vigory and um, Paul uh, Weirich, um, you know, buying lists of these kind of um crank um you know gold bugs to discuss a uh, topic we're both interested in and uh um you know quack cures and all the rest of it um and uh that has been the kind of hard fusion at the core of republican uh messaging ever since um you know um you have this kind, and that's the other thing is, you know, if you watch Fox News for any length of time, you're just besieged with like gold ads for gold and and hard species and uh, you know, um, penis extension stuff. It's just you know, just this long march of scammery. Um, and yeah, well, it's just true, like of the broader right wing ecosystem, and even right. once you get outside of Fox, it's even more pronounced. That, right. you know, like now, yeah, if you go over to One America News or Newsmax, yeah, I mean, there's a reason go, that, yeah. that, you know, Mike Liddell is the, the kind of poster figure for election denialism, the, the my pillow magnate. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I think this uh, Rick Perlstein's idea of, you know, like the con man as the sort of quintessential conservative has a lot okay. to uh, to say for it. And actually, it reminds me that the. Um, you know, when Trump was first elected, Phil Roth was interviewed by The New Yorker, and he said, you know, well, people are, you know, comparing him to, as authoritarian and saying he's like Mussolini. But, you know, like he actually seems like more like, you know, a typical American con man or someone that you know, Herman Melville would write a novel. Yeah. About. Or I, I would add Norman Vincent Peale, uh, which yeah, is also, um, you know, you can also look at the um, Fox post-election narrative as I, I interpret Trump's election denialism as the sort of utmost exercise of uh, the power of positive thinking. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the, uh, Trump's family went to Norman Vincent Peale's church. Oh, believe me, <laughs> I know. Was, I, I wrote a whole book about this, Jeep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to like, you know, just the, the make sure that everyone understands that this is a very yes. And his yeah. first, uh, Norman Vincent Peale presided over his first uh, marriage to Ivanka. Um, yeah. He is, I, I, I believe, is still a, a Probably the certainly the most influential and and probably the most uh, disciplined apostle of, of Norman Vincent Peale living today. Um, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, why I, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think Trump reads very much, but I think maybe that's the one book he has read. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, he, no, he absolutely has. Um, yeah. 
So and, uh, but, but, you know, the whole, you know, the whole narrative of, of election denialism again is, you know, like Norman Vincent Peale ruthlessly instructs his readers to repeat these internal mantras of success. So you literally, you know, failure is unthinkable. So it became unthinkable for Trump that he lost the election. I, you know, this was my sort of critique of the January 6th committee report. They call, you know, the they call the election denial the big lie, which it absolutely is. But it was a big lie that Trump himself believed personally. So, you know, absolutely. Uh, and the um, well, I, I mean, at some level, I mean, that is a sort of post-truth element of Trump. Like, in, it's, you know, like the, the the bullshit artist is, you know, like it's not so much that he lies deliberately as doesn't care about the difference between lies yeah. and truth. And, and over time, as with like successful con men, you know, the lie becomes the, you know. Yeah, there, there is no functional difference. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Rick's piece, you know. And this is a hard thing, I think, for liberals and sort of the classical enlightenment tradition to process and accept. But, you know, what this episode also tells us is the Republican base wants to be lied to. <laughs> you know, yeah. that is the added value. Um, they want to be told that they remain the principal subjects of history, that all, you know, these dark conspiratorial forces from QAnon to Soros to, you know, the... D DEI establishment are besieging them. Um, and it's, you know, um, an incredibly seductive and, as we see, lucrative uh, narrative to have out there. Well, yeah, no, and it, to me, in my mind, um, it does raise the whole question of, you know, whether liberal democracy as it exists can, like, you know, has any effective counters, um, except in the sense that one could say, like, during um sort of the pre-fox world um maybe the classic sort of you know mid-century world coming out of uh world war ii and the cold war there was more you know media centralization which was bad but it did actually mean that there, there was a fairly regulated public space and that you know you, as a media outlet you could get in big trouble if you lied or were known to uh yeah, trafficking. Like, yeah, now you could get your license revoked, and you know. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like I don't know if uh, I, well, I should say like maybe generalizing too much about classical, you know, whether liberalism can deal with it because in the past it has, but certainly under sort of you know a neoliberal dispensation of deregulation, I, I right. know that there's and then in fact, I mean, in some ways, Rupert Murdoch's very entry in the United States was um, part of that moment. I mean, like, it was a, as a policy decision to let this guy, you know, own, right. uh, own this cable network. And he had to go through, you know, he, um, I think there was like a, a big debate in Congress and the Senate, like. And yeah, no, Ted Kennedy tried to to block it. And, um, you know, and the, again, the only reason Fox News, speaking of that sort of mid-century um, model of regulated um, public speech is, uh you know, the Fairness Doctrine was repealed in 1986, I think it was. Um, and, you know, it was an imperfect um, mechanism, as all these things are. But it at least, you know, held media companies to some notional um, standard of fairness in their coverage. Um, and it no longer exists. So. Yeah. Well, which is why, I mean, I think that to some degree, I feel like the problem goes well beyond Fox. And then we really, oh no, and I was yeah, yeah I was I gonna say like if like you know contemporary liberalism 
uh, is willing to contemplate the kind of measures that one would need to take. Um, and they, they, I mean, they could be, uh, on, on the one hand, I feel like they're perfectly compatible with like the First Amendment, because a lot of these are policy decisions that are very specific. I mean, there's no reason why Fox should be able to collect the kind of revenue it does from uh, 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 being part of a cable package, which is a little, which is how it makes its money. Like it's actually no, of course, right? Yeah, uh, but but that's a policy decision to allow that to happen. Uh, but to challenge that policy, you would need a kind of you know Democratic Party uh, that regards this as a problem is willing to like take the political flack uh, of a, like a real battle over this and to take on very powerful vested interests that go beyond Fox into the Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say all of these same branding economic pressures, you know, they are not, um, you know, they're not a Fox News monopoly by any means. You know, MSNBC experiences the same sort of thing. CNN does, you know, um, you know, and that is the ultimate question of whether a for-profit media serves uh, the interests of democracy. We're um, obviously nowhere near close to having that debate, but you do have to kind of strip these questions down to first principles. And what is the purpose of the media? Is it In a democracy, I think it should be to um, help sustain an informed public and keep them abreast of the issues of the day, give them reliable information. Um, our media is uh, grotesquely underperforming on all those fronts. And I think a big reason, again, as the Dominion documents show, is the the profit motive. Um, yeah. There's an incentive to actually promote democracy um, in a corporate media. That's right, yeah. And I mean, in some uh, ways, I mean, there's a kind of you know, very liberal take on this, which is, you know, Fox News is bad, which is undeniable, Fox News is yeah, bad. Yeah, I know, granted. <laughs> but, but, but I think the older liberal narrative is that Fox News is a kind of puppet master, that they're these, you know, Murdoch and Ailes are behind this, right. this uh, scene and they're, uh, right, they're right. And, uh, and they're pushing it. And what actually, but, you know, I, mean, I think the revelation is that no, Murdoch is not the final boss. I mean, he's, he's like, he's the boss who makes the decisions that that lead to bad outcomes, but he himself is being pushed by these like economic imperatives. And yeah, the, by oh, the audience. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, Mike Liddell is probably, you know, the, the de facto chairman of Fox News. <laughs> That's right. And then the, the final boss is, I mean, in, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, is, uh, you know, as Mark said, it's just capital itself. It's, it's like the system of uh, profit, uh, motiva uh, profit motivation, uh, which means that even if capitalists, you know, even if like, like let's say like we have a, a Christmas Carol outcome and Rupert Murdoch is visited by three ghosts who <laughs> <and laughs> show him the errors of his way and he wakes up and he decides, uh, which actually in some ways sort of happened. I mean, there was a point at which Murdoch realized that, you know, Trump is going too far and that he has to raise it in. Yeah, now in the 2016 primaries, yeah. uh, you remember Trump boycotted a Fox debate because he was so upset about being asked about his long history of sexual harassment by Megyn Kelly. Um, yeah, so, but, yeah. So, so, but even if Murdoch decided to, like, you know, be virtuous for the rest of his life, you know, that's not going to do any good because, you know, we have a for-profit model. And then right. we, all the viewers will go over to Newsmax and then the Fox shareholders will be, you know, screaming bloody murder. Arms until you get a new, yeah, um, someone who will, um, quote, respect the audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> 
So I, I mean, this leads to a fairly kind of uh, uh, bleak uh, place. I, I do kind of think, though, uh, you know, with within the kind of liberal system that we have, uh, I mean, it seems to me that the only alternative, and it's not a perfect alternative, is to have sort of like counter media. You know, like one can't necessarily reach that Fox News audience, but there's lots of, you know, like that's a minority audience in a democracy. That's so that if you can organize um, and, you know, reach uh, people uh, beyond that audience, you, you can like defeat them politically. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting moment in the sense that there are, there are no real successful or proven um business models for journalism left because of all the digital disruptions. So, you know, we may be, you know, kind of frog marched into the position of really thinking about um, the press as, um, you know, a public good. Um, and that would create a different, a whole different model potentially, but I'm not yet a, um, you know, a dialectician of that uh, stripe. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, in the short term, little good, I would say. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, especially you saw right, at, you know, right as the the Dominion um, documents dropped, um, Kevin McCarthy made the decision to hand over forty thousand hours of January six footage exclusively to Tucker Carlson, um, which again tells you all you need to know about. Uh, <laughs> The place of you know the aspirational place of fox news in the republican party universe and you know what god knows you know i'm sure tucker has researchers pouring over that footage now to find a lone antifa figure behind a bush somewhere um so yeah. the, you know the antifa behind the grassy knoll uh right, right. For, for so like even if you know fox does take the full 1.6 billion dollar hit for this um lawsuit you know, it's it's still right where it wants to be um, in terms of its market position, in terms of its cloud, all of that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I think that is a very uh, sort of uh, pessimistic take. But I mean, I, I think you know we have to, unlike Fox News, uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're in a yeah. The nation is not uh, Norman Vincent Peale enterprise <laughs> by any means. Yeah, yeah. We we, we want to be honest with our listeners. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, but I, I do actually think, I mean, like, if I were to, you know, draw a lesson um, uh, for, from this, uh, you know, like any sort of positive thing is in terms of, you know, like our own media consumption and like, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, the same economic imperatives apply to um, MSNBC and CNN and uh, also limits them. And I, I think that it's actually you know, a good lesson in like, you know, trying to be a better media consumer and not, and I think, you know, like it's, it's not, I don't think it's um, Fox News viewers are like suffer from a, an exclusive sin that uh, no one else has, right. like, yeah, know. you know, wanting to only hear news that supports what they already believe. Like, I think, I think, I think, I think that's a very common human frailty. And, yep. uh, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, within this, you know, I think what you've outlined very well is a terrible kind of system. I, I think, you know, like uh, what we can do on our our own behalf is to become better media consumers. Right. Um, that's a, that's, a, that, I mean, that, you know, with the proviso, you know, that, that sort of, that has, you know, 
a limited impact. But I mean, I think that's yeah. Uh, no, I mean, at some point you have to just you know confront the realities here, which as as you've said, like you know, right now Fox is kind kind of being led around by an authoritarian to fascist political movement, and that's not tolerable in a democracy. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, and, and and further that we don't actually have anywhere on the political horizon like an, an answer to how to how to yeah, do it. right there is no answer um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's just, i mean i mean again um i, I think that that might be it's not a uh cheerful note to end on but i think it's the honest note to end on yeah uh, but it, uh, Happy Monday, uh, <laughs> chris uh uh once again for me here and for uh as always like always uh you know speaking the truth as he sees it all right well thanks for having me jade always a pleasure <laughs>